0: This anointed teaching by Apostle Theo Volmerans comes to you from Christian Family Church International. Good morning, Christian Family Church, Johannesburg. Welcome to the first service of 2024. Praise the Lord. We are trusting God for great things this year. And we are trusting God for His blessing on every single believer and on South Africa and on Christian family church. Now, in order to do this, in order to see us walk in God's perfect plan and blessing, we need to know that we are walking in His will. And so the message is titled, The Lord is Preparing His Bride for His Return. The Lord is drawing us to Himself at this time, preparing us for His return, at the same time, placing us in a position to receive all His abundant provision and blessing. So, let's begin. Now, a few weeks ago, we heard the testimony of someone by the name of Howard Pittman. And just to refresh your memory, for those who did not hear it, perhaps, he died and was dead for 15 minutes. He went to heaven. And the Lord spoke to him and gave a message for the church. But in those 15 minutes while he was in heaven, uh, he counted 2,000 people that had died. And of the 2,000 that died in that 15-minute period, only 50 went into heaven. 1,950 went to the fires of hell. And of course, He was very alarmed and very disturbed by this, that only 50 out of 2,000 went into heaven during the 15 minutes that he was there. And so we need to understand what Jesus said when he said, narrow is the way that leads to heaven or to eternal life, and few there are that find it. And then he said, broad is the way that leads to, to destruction, and many there be that find it. When Jesus said that, He meant what he said, right? And uh, so we are going to analyze this and make sure that we as believers are in the will of God and in the blessing of God. Praise the Lord. All right, so please open your Bible today to Matthew 25 and verse 1. Matthew 25 and verse 1. Now, I want to encourage you to keep your Bible open at Matthew 25 the whole time because I will be referring to this chapter throughout this message. I will be talking about other scriptures, but we will come back to Matthew 25 all the time. So stay in Matthew 25. So you don't have to keep looking. All right. New King James. Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins... those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. So notice they, they all had oil, and they were all virgins, right? But they didn't have enough oil. But the wise answered, saying, No, lest there should not be enough for us and for you, But go rather to those who sell, and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But Jesus answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour In which the Son of Man is coming, the Lord Jesus said, I do not know you. Now, Jesus told that story, right? He said, I do not know you, so you cannot come to the marriage feast of the Lamb. The virgins speak of purity and the born-again experience. Ones who have been forgiven for their sins and are born again. So they were all virgins. These weren't five w- uh, the five wives weren't Christians, and the unwise unsaved. No, they're all Christians. Let's understand that. Number two, oil speaks of the Holy Spirit. So they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. They weren't fellowship- fellowshipping with the Lord. That was the problem. They weren't fellowshipping with the Lord. Hence, he said, I do not know you. And they weren't serving the Lord. In other words, they were not available to Jesus to use them. In other words, they were living for themselves. Yes, they asked God to help them do what they wanted to do and bless them with their life. But they weren't ready and available to do anything that Jesus required. Romans 12.4 says, Now, stay in Matthew 25. Please, don't turn your Bible out of there. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are all parts of His one body, and each of us has different work to do. Notice this. You have one body, and that is an example of Christ's body. So it is with Christ's body. We are all parts of one body, and each has, each of us has different work to do. Every single member of this church right now is part of the body of Christ, and each has a work and assignment to do. And since we are one body in Christ, we belong to each other because we're one body, and each of us needs all the others. So every person here needs every person in here. And just like any part of our body that doesn't function, it'll cause a major problem in the body. Likewise, any member of the body sitting here today doesn't function. It causes a major problem in the entire church. And it affects Christ and His ability to work through us. Christ cannot work on the earth without us. He is powerless without the body, his body. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 says, Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself. For God bought you with a high price, so you must honor God with your body. Said this, please, family. I do not belong to myself, for God paid for me. He bought me. Now, we as Christians have a choice. We can ignore the Lord's legal and just right to rule through us, and we can choose to live for ourselves, or we can serve Jesus as the Lord of our lives, With all of our hearts. There are consequences for running off with Christ's body. There's a consequence for running off with Christ's body, for stealing his body from him. And that simply means for not allowing Christ to work through us or through his body, there are consequences. The Bible tells us so in Romans 2, verse 8. God will pour out his anger and wrath on those who live for themselves. Now I didn't say God applied His anger and wrath on those who live like the devil. It says those who live for themselves. They've stolen Christ's body from Him. The same verse in the CSB translation says, "But wrath and indignation to those who are self-seeking." The same verse in the the MSG translation says, but those who insist on getting their own way and take the path of least resistance, fire, not good. We are to be a glove on the Lord's hand, family. We are, now so what are we to do as a glove on his hand? What is our job description? What's required of us? Well, number one, we must talk to God. Spend time in prayer and fellowship with the Lord. He said, I never knew you. Spend time in prayer talking to God. Daily, driving your car, talk to Him. At work, talk to Him. Walking, talk to Him. And have a quality time every day talking to Him. Secondly, we ought to be a glove on the Lord's hand by, number two, allowing God to talk to us. <clears throat> this is done when we read our Bible. And this is done by listening to the guidance of the Holy Spirit. That's the two ways God will speak to us. Thirdly, we ought to be a glove on the Lord's hand by serving one another. By serving one another. That's how we can be a glove on His hand. Romans 12, verse 4 says, just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are all parts of His one body and each of us has different work to do. And since we are all one body in Christ, we belong to each other and each of us needs all the others. We must serve each other. In John twenty-one fifteen, it says, After breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter replied. You know I love you. Then feed my lambs, Jesus said to him. Jesus repeated the question Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said, you know I love you. Then take care of my sheep, Jesus said. Once more he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Three times he denied Jesus, and three times Jesus wanted to confirmed that he loves him. Do you love me? Peter was grieved that Jesus asked the question the third time, and he said, Lord, you know everything. You know I love you. Then Jesus said, well, then feed my sheep. Take care of my people, and by so doing, you are loving me and proving that you love me. And those who don't, prove they don't, right? The Lord takes this seriously. We can see that now. Let's go back to Matthew 25. Now, so Jesus in Matthew 25 opens up by telling us the story about the five wise and five foolish virgins. And then he proceeds to tell us in that same chapter two ways we can be a wise virgin. So he tells us what a wise virgin is is not, and what a wise virgin is. All of that in Matthew 25. We need to t- pay attention. This is very important. All right, 25 verse 31 in our teach translation. But when the Son of Man comes in His glory, this is Jesus speaking, and all the angels with Him, then He will sit upon His glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered In his presence, and he will separate them as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then these righteous ones will reply, Lord, when do we ever see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? Or a stranger and show you hospitality or naked and give you clothing. When do we do that for you, Jesus? We don't remember doing that. When did we ever see you sick in prison and visit you? And the king will tell them, I assure you, when you did it to one of the least of these my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. Then the king will turn to those on the left, and say, Away with you, you cursed ones, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his demons. For I was hungry and you didn't feed me. I was thirsty and you didn't care, you didn't give me anything to drink. I was a stranger and you didn't invite me into your home. I was naked and you gave me no clothing. I was sick and in prison and you didn't visit me. Then they will reply, Lord, when do we ever see you? hungry and thirsty, or stranger, or naked, or sick or in prison, and not help you? And you'll answer, I assure you, when you refuse to help the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were refusing to help me. And they will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous will go into eternal life. So those Christians who live only for themselves are in grave danger. We can surely understand that. Those Christians are not available to serve in the house of God and serve other Christians in need are in grave danger. Living only to please ourselves from day to day. Lost in our little world. Very serious. They're in big danger. That's what Jesus said, not me or not you. All right, number four. We are to be a glove on the Lord's hand by winning souls. It seems like we should all know that. Let's go to Matthew 28, verse 18. Then Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Now this is after his death, burial, and resurrection. He says that he received all authority. So there's no authority greater than Christ. He is all authority in heaven and on earth. Got it? That's who's speaking to us right here, right now. We're about to receive an instruction from all authority. He says, verse 19: Therefore, go and make disciples. Now, he didn't tell us, "I have all authority." Therefore, go and make disciples. As a joke, that is a serious. Warning, a serious instruction. Hey, I want you all to know, I have all authority. Therefore, go and make disciples, all right? Of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you. Not just win them to Christ, teach them. Train them to obey me, and be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So as we go and help folks obey Christ, He is with us, helping us do it. Does God take that seriously, that instruction? You bet He does. All right, now we go to Matthew 25. Now look at this. What we're about to read you is Jesus explaining... That we are to multiply ourselves. I am to make one, two, three, four, five duplicates of myself by winning souls. Instead of being one person, I'm now five, say, because I've led five to the Lord, for example. Okay, That's what this is about. We'll see that here. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own disciples, or servants, And delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one. And to each according to his own ability, and immediately he went on his journey. So he gave each of these three disciples, or servants, ability to communicate talents, personality to win souls. And then he had received the five talents, went and traded with them, and made another five talents. He multiplied five times. And likewise, he had received two, gained two more also. But he had received one, went and dug in the ground, and hid his Lord's money, or hid the Lord's talent, or hid himself, as it were. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So he who had received five talents came and brought, brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you deliver to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents beside them. So he multiplied. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You are, for, you are faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. He also had received two talents, came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I've gained two more talents besides them. So he multiplied. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will give, make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Then he had received the one talent, came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hired man, reaping, reaping. We have not sown, and gathering, we have not scattered seed. He's talking about winning the lost. And I was afraid and went and hid your talents in the ground. Look, here you have what is yours. I was afraid to witness, and so I kept to myself. Here I am. I'm still serving you, I'm still loving you. And Jesus wasn't going to buy that. He wasn't going to buy that. But his Lord answered and said to him, You wicked and lazy servant. You knew I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers and at my coming I would have received back my own with interest. So take the talent with him, uh, from him and give it to him who has ten talents. For to everyone who has more will be given and he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now, outer darkness is one of the uh, three places the Bible talks about um, for the damned. The one is Hades where the Unsaved, dead, are right now. The next one is Gehenna, where everybody goes to after the great white throne judgment, which is the lake of fire. And the other Greek word is to Taurus, which is, where, which is out of darkness, where the angels are kept, that have fallen. And um, out of darkness is where these people went. It looks like those who don't ever win a soul don't make it. it that's what it looks like to me. That's the warning. The the warning is those that don't ever serve the body of Christ and those that don't ever win a soul, don't make it. Because I'm bought with a price. I belong to God. And if I don't let Him rule through me and work through me, I have a real problem. The fifth way we can be a glove on the Lord's hand is to support the advancement of God's kingdom on earth with our finances, obviously. By tithing and giving offerings, I'm supporting the advancement of the kingdom of God. How can I claim to have given my life to God if I can't even give back to God some of that money which He has given to me? See, God has given me everything that I have, and He wants me to give Him a tenth of all of that as a tithe, And the 90% over he blesses in abundance so that I have more from the 90% than I would have had from the 100% if I would kept that. Because the 90 has God's blessing on it and the 100 allows the thief to steal the 100 if I keep it. So if I can't support God as my money, how can I say I've given my life to him? God, you can have my life, but hey, don't touch my money. It doesn't work that way. If I can't advance the kingdom of Christ financially, then I'm not helping Jesus, am I? There are great rewards and promises waiting for those who overcome by serving the Lord in this life. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 9 says, this is what the Scripture means when they say, no eye has seen No ear has heard and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love Him. Look at that. The Bible said no eye has ever seen, no ear has ever heard, and no mind has ever imagined what God has prepared for those who love Him. So it's impossible for man to even imagine the wonder and the beauty and the greatness of the things that God has in our future for us in heaven. Because we love Him. Revelation 21 and verse 7. All who are victorious will inherit all these blessings. And I will be their God and they will be my children. Praise the Lord. Ephesians 1.18 says, I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so you can understand the wonderful future He has promised to those He called. I want you to realize what a rich and glorious inheritance He has given to His people. God has a great inheritance waiting for us, child of God. It is birth while serving Him. Amen? Ephesians 2, verse 6. And God raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus on the right hand of the Father. That in the ages to come, God might show the exceeding riches of His own grace in His kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Please say this with me. God the Father has done this for me so that throughout the ages to come he can show everyone how gracious and kind he is because of what he has done for me while I was on the earth. Keep going, keep going. I must allow God To work for me and through me by His grace so that in the ages to come, God can brag about what He did for me while I was on the earth. Can we understand that? We need to walk in the grace of God. Understand that we cannot do any of this in our own strength, but by God's ability we can do it all. Paul said, I do all things through Christ that strengthens me. And Psalm 27 says, the Lord is the strength of my life or the ability of my life. So say this, please child of God. Say, God is the strength of my life. He is working through me and for me. He is my wisdom, he is my ability, he is my strength. He keeps me holy, he keeps my mind and thoughts pure, he keeps me in his perfect will. I accomplish all this by faith in God to do it through me. I am a soul winner by God's grace, I care for the flock. I care for God's children. By God's grace, He empowers me. He financially blesses me to to support every good work and to have more than enough to give away to others. It's all by God's grace. Praise His name. I am an active member of the body of Christ. Thank you, Jesus. God bless you. Hallelujah. Now give the Lord some praise in the house. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. All right, all right. Now next weekend, we have somebody else ministering for us here in Johannesburg. And two weeks time, I will be back and I have a message for you and it's titled this tweaks time Time to Refresh Our Faith Time to Refresh Our Faith We understand without faith we cannot receive any prayers answered Without faith it's impossible to please the Lord We can't even be born again without faith because we are saved by faith And Without faith, we can accomplish nothing in this life. So, child of God, it's time to refresh our faith because our faith is a shield that protects us from all attacks of the enemy. Nothing can defeat us if we deal with it by faith. And by faith, we can move mountains and solve problems, believe for wisdom, and walk in victory. So it's time to refresh our faith at the beginning of this, of this year. Now that we've committed ourselves to walk in the perfect will of God, all we need is faith to move forward. Don't miss Tweek's time. A wonderful, encouraging, faith-building message for all of us. We love you all, and we will see you soon. dot com.